everyone and welcome back to another episode of Haunted History Chronicles. In a moment or two we're going to be joined by a special guest named Erin who is both a history lover, ghost hunter and author and she's going to be talking about some things very dear to her heart. So the lovely Erin is here. Hi Erin. Hi how are you? I'm good thank you. So Erin, I know that um, you love your history like I do, and you love the paranormal like I do, but you're also an author, which is pretty impressive. Do you want to tell everyone listening a little bit more about yourself, how it is that you came to love the paranormal and history the way that you do? Sure, yes. Um, I It started from an early age. Um, I was obsessed with um, the Ghostbusters when I was very young. Um, and as a child, I had my first paranormal experience, um, on a battlefield of all places. And, um, you know, it was just the history and the ghosts together, you know, they, they always captivated me. And as I got older, you know, I did more research and in many cases, ghosts and history go hand in hand and, um, they've just sparked a lifelong love. I I completely agree with you. I think, you know, they do go hand in hand because to have the understanding of the history, the context really allows you that deep dive into um, the possibilities, the history surrounding the location, the people, the characters, but to have that wider depth of understanding that allows you to go into something, ask, you know, maybe some deeper questions and hopefully elicit some really good responses. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I think the two go together. And, and given that I love history and I'm fascinated by the paranormal, it's brilliant to kind of merge two passions, really. So yeah. you mentioned that you had your first paranormal experience as a child on a battlefield. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that one? Because I'd love to hear that story. Sure. Yeah, um, I was probably 11 or 12 um, and we were visiting... Gettysburg battlefield in, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, that was the site of the biggest battle of the American civil war. And, um, I was with my family, my parents and my sister. And, um, I saw these soldiers across the field. They appeared to be marching across and, I thought they were reenactors because a lot of people like to reenact the civil war for whatever reason they, you know, they do it like a living history. So I thought that's what it was. Um, but they got a few yards across the field and then they kind of just disappeared. And then it started over again, not running backwards. They just disappeared and started over. It was really weird. And I looked to my mom who was standing closest to me. I was like, what is going on? Are those reenactors? Watch this. And she, she watched it for a second and she was kind of, <laughs> she was quite, you know, blown away too. Like, what, what are we seeing? And um, then my dad comes over. He had been standing over looking at a monument and he's Mr. Guidebook. You know, he, he knows the schedules for what's going on. And we were asking him about the reenactors. He didn't see anything that we were seeing. He didn't see mm -hmm. it. And he said, no, there's no reenactors here. I don't know. You know, maybe <laughs> you two need more sleep. I don't know. But I mean, they were very clear to my mom and myself. They just kept marching and it kept start. It was almost like a time loop, honestly. Your dad sounds like my dad. <laughs> he would have had exactly <laughs> the same response, <laughs> which is yeah, so logical. Logical, yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. <laughs> that story had the kind of the hairs on the back of my neck going up because I think there's something very powerful in the history of battles and to kind of be able to touch on the atmosphere of the place um you know it's it's very unique you know you can Im- you can imagine and feel the tension the the different emotions the heightened emotions happening when you're standing somewhere like that so to actually have a paranormal you know encounter activity that allows you to witness part of that must have been totally exhilarating and very very atmospheric so you're very lucky <laughs> yeah it's very very surprising um it was very cool you know I, I didn't feel scared but I definitely it took my mind to kind of a moment to catch up with what I was actually seeing but the best way I could describe it as one of the coolest experiences of my life <laughs> yeah, totally sounds like it and I can truly understand why that has sparked that lifelong passion and interest in the areas that you know you particularly enjoy looking at and researching and exploring and and all the things that you do so I know that you have a real particular interest for battlefields and civil war history is there any reason why that you know beyond this experience that you had as a child that really kind of has captured your interest for you know the time that you've been working on this area and looking at this area um, and writing about it really um I've always been very drawn to the Victorian era to begin with. Um, I tend to stick with the spirits of that time period for whatever reason. And for the U.S., the Civil War was the biggest part of history for us. Um, I grew up in the South in Georgia, which was the Confederate. And as I got to about high school, we moved up to the North. So I learned it from both sides almost um and I think that that kind of captivated me as well learning you know from the confederate side and learning it from the union side it was just you know and I was able to fill in the gaps it was really exciting I I um became a collector very young of old letters um and old pictures of all of these soldiers and I, I don't know, it's just, I, I love their lives. And um, I don't, I really don't know what it is about that particular war that draws me in, but it, it really has me captivated. And I love to tour all, all of the battlefields. And there's a lot, we've preserved a lot over here. Um, and every single one of them has something going on. <laughs> I love that you collect photographs and letters from that period. That must be an incredible collection. Um, just, again, just to give you that glimpse into people's lives, the very real lives that they had, um, you know, the families that they would have had. And just to see in their own hands some of the things that they were writing to loved ones or receiving from their loved ones must be really very powerful. Into, yes. you know, just being able to, like I said, see into their lives. Exactly. You, you, it's almost like you can read their feelings, you know, you can kind of relate to them in a way that we can't just by reading a history book. And I, I suppose for us over in the United Kingdom, it's comparable with war memorabilia from the First World War and the Second World War. Um, you know, we have obviously museums where we can see archives of letters and photographs from those that sadly passed away, but also from the living who you know where these things have been donated as a means of allowing people to learn about the you know this particular period of history 
Um, so mm-hmm. I can see it's kind of probably comparable to that. Yes. Um, kind of before that, I would say that a lot of our battles really ha- happened much further back. And so, you know, for that reason, you know, I wouldn't say there's as much information that's recorded in the way that we have now for more modern battles and probably likewise for you given that you know the civil war in comparison is is fresher in your history than some of ours that date back literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years yeah yeah (laughs) slightly older (laughs) it's, it's a little easier you know than yeah going way way back yes so what was life like for a you know a typical soldier fighting in the civil war um it really depends on were they from the city or were they from the country. Um, I am working on a book right now of the guys from the 22nd New York, which were New York City boys, rich boys. And when they were thrown into the countryside, it was a whole new world for them. And they didn't really know how to interact or how to kind of live off the land, I guess, um, versus the country boys who knew how to fend for themselves. Um, It's really unique to read about the different experiences that they had. Um, The North, you know, was more city and they, they had all the firepower and they had far more troops than the South did, but the South had that, um, you know, the almost like the guerrilla type ability. And that's what kept them in the war so long. So it's very interesting to see how much country versus city really affects um, the men of that war. And I think, again, that, you know, you kind of touched on something that I think is another reason why exploring, you know, these parts of our histories, no matter where it is, in, you know, in the world, because every country has similar stories to these, is it's exploring those kind of moments in history where it could have gone either way. And if it does go either way, what does that then mean in terms of, you know, how, how could things have changed for the present if, if it had had a different outcome in the past? And I think, you know, that, that kind of question is really quite mind blowing to, to think about really of what would life have been like if, if it had gone a slightly different way. Exactly. Yes. That's, that is, such an interesting question i mean we're very fortunate that it went the way it did but yeah what what happens if it didn't and um it, it's always interesting to speculate on that i mean we've had we've had moments in our past you know thinking of very famous battles we've got things like um bosworth field which saw the demise of king richard iii and henry you know henry the seventh henry tudor go, getting put onto the throne which of course changed our entire history it put the Tudors on the throne. Everybody knows about Henry VIII. Without that battle, that wouldn't have happened. And so, you know, as I say, these moments, these pivotal moments of history, these battles really could shape an entire country's future. Um, And as I say, I think that's quite an exciting draw about them in terms of just really understanding them and understanding their importance in our long-term history and how they might have shaped how things are today. Exactly. Exactly. So do you have any key battles that you're particularly interested in that you've really enjoyed exploring and really going, you know, into that deep dive into? Um, Gettysburg, of course, is the biggest and 
so much went on there that I could study all day and all night for a year straight. And I still wouldn't know it all. Um, that one is just, that one is so fascinating. Um, but I'm also really interested in a battle at Harper's Ferry, which is in, um, present day West Virginia. I've just started researching that one and learning a bit more about that. Um, it's in a town that's preserved. So when you go there, it's like you step back into 1860, whatever. Um, so I've really started to become interested in this one. And I, I explored it a little bit, but I can't wait to go back and explore it some more. That sounds exciting. I love that. I love being able to go into almost living museums um, to really kind of understand what life was like. So the fact that it's preserved in that way to really understand and see life back then is just amazing. Oh, Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. So are there any like key people that you really have enjoyed finding out about as well? Obviously, you mentioned Gettysburg. You've mentioned this particular battle as well in West Virginia. Are there any characters from, you know, this particular time period that, you know, you've just always had an interest in? Um, I've always been more interested in the smaller guys, you know, the ones that weren't the generals or the uh, making all the the decisions that would affect, you know, the whole war. I, I'm more interested in the everyday soldier and their stories. Um, they, to me, you know, they were, they were the guys that were putting their lives on the line. So any of pretty much the no names are the ones that I love to learn about. I love that. And again, I suppose that's why you've enjoyed collecting these pieces to enable you to see into their lives and to tell their stories, which yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, their lives really were the people driving things forward, getting it done. Without them, you know, it wouldn't have happened, would it, without the people actually on the field doing what the soldiers in charge wanted them to do. Um, and they're often the ones that people don't know about. They're the ones that often get forgotten in history for the big names. But to know their stories is is just as important. They're an important part of that history and deserve to be known as well. So the fact that you look at the you know them first um, is pretty exciting and pretty special, I think. Yes, yes, they 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 deserve to be you know remembered too. I think <laughs> definitely, definitely. So battlefields for me and the paranormal is an interesting one because it kind of sparks a question about why is it that you know battlefields make for good places where we have paranormal ex you know paranormal activity um mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts as to why it is that you know these are locations that really do seem to attract the paranormal i i have a couple of theories one is the absolute trauma that we're seen on these battlefields for such a short amount of time. I mean, you would have 10,000 men killed in two days. And so that's an extreme amount of trauma and it kind of leaves an impression. Um, almost in some cases, residual, sometimes high energy. Um, I don't, I, it seems the more traumatic the place, mm -hmm. the more activity you get. Um, so it's almost like an imprint on time. Um, another theory that I've explored is that, at least over here, the battlefields 
are pretty much preserved. Um, you know, you don't have a lot of buildings going on it or anything. So you have a lot of natural um, resources there, like the granite rocks and boulders. And there's been theories throughout time that they hold residual energy. Um, and when we don't remove them, they just remain how they are. You have the residual undisturbed. So yeah. that, that's a couple of theories. Place memory or the stone tape theory is what it's kind of known as over here. But yeah, I agree with you. I think um, something attaching itself to that space, um, you know, the memory being held there for whatever reason, be it for trauma or just something really happy, something exciting, you know, that might have happened. Um, mm -hmm. That just means that because it's so high energy, just attaching to the natural environment around it. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's certainly there's certainly theories that I've explored as well, and I think you're in a really unique position compared to us over here because, obviously, a lot of our locations where key battles have taken place, and I'm thinking, you know, we've had so many invaders in this country from the Vikings, the Romans, etc., and then mm -hmm. obviously fighting between key groups because of religion or you know, whatever other reason, a lot of those haven't been preserved in the same way. And so they've been built over. Um, and what that means is then you have residual hauntings that happen in locations that are now homes. And you'll experience activity where soldiers come through or, you know, you'll be driving along a, a road and people experience seeing soldiers literally crossing in front of them. And it's because these were key locations where battles were fought or you know they were locations where soldiers would have traveled through in order to get to a particular battle but most of them are not preserved in the same way there are a few bosworth field is one of them but you know access to them is is slightly different i think over here than it is for you um so yeah you have a really unique and privileged position i think to really be able to explore some of these key locations and I think that's really exciting yes and and I'm really thankful that they were able to preserve these battlefields um for the history and I mean people still flock to these battlefields today in in droves they really do um you know the soldiers themselves the veterans they're the ones that preserved them they're the ones that put the markers down so you know it, it's really nice that you had this little connection to them so if you, I mean, I know that you've explored many, when you go to them, what is it like for today, you know, for someone going along and looking around and being there in the present? You know, what's the atmosphere like when you're there? Um, you know, when you walk, when you arrive, you think, okay, this is just a big wheat field or cornfield or whatever it is. Um, you know, I can't really see much, but once you get out and you really kind of take it in, you can, you know, you can feel the sadness. You can feel the energy of the place. Um, the sadness is, is in a lot of cases overwhelming. Um, but you'll, you'll hear that from people who aren't even ghost hunters or whatever. They, you know, you can, you can just feel it, you know, it, it takes you back almost like a transportation through time. Yeah. And again, I think that's why there's such a, a, a big interest for people from all walks of life, be it that they love their history, be it that, you know, they have the interest in the paranormal field or just, you know, 
a generalized interest in particular locations and you know the people that were there in that battle you know there's there's something that brings people there and they can experience it and take that in you know the atmosphere must be something that even somebody who knows very little about would be able to pick up on exactly yes so obviously you've had the chance to visit some of these different sites is there any key sites that you've been to that has just had your paranormal ghost hunter happy vibes <laughs> where you've come away and thought wow that was amazing that was really good evidence or something unexpected um let's see uh gettysburg's always at the top always <laughs> um i go there twice a year and i never have the same paranormal experience but i always have a paranormal experience um, I have the most evidence I've ever gotten is from there. And I have a long reel of stuff now, um, of just different things, full body apparition of a soldier. Um, you can hear regimental drums. You, you can hear cannon fire. I mean, it, it's just, it's so unique and I don't know what it is about that particular battlefield. Um, some of the smaller ones, there's one called Perryville. It's in Kentucky it's actually very, very active as well. I I took a picture once there, and it looked like a house was there. But if you were looking at the site I took the picture of, there's no house there. And then I looked up later, and there was a house there during the battle, and it was a field hospital. Um, it burnt down maybe 20 years later, but you get almost like a ghostly house in the picture. It was very unique. That's amazing. Yes. That's a brilliant piece of evidence. Yes, it was pretty cool. I was I was shocked on that one. <laughs> and it must be, you know, the fact that there are some places where, you know, the activity is really very strong and there's something different all of the time. I think, again, just really highlights just how powerful and strong the, resi you know, the residual energy is from the trauma of what happened all those years ago in terms of the the mark that it's left behind. Yes, it's 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 absolutely incredible. So is there any location that you've yet to go to that you would love to explore? Um there is it, it's called Vicksburg. It's in mm -hmm. Mississippi. It is supposed to be very very active. Um but I have not made it down there yet. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be there in the spring. Um, I'm trying to get a team together so we can all really spread out and cover the whole battlefield. So when you, um, you go, is, are there particular things that you try and do? So for example, do you try and go on key dates that might resonate with something that's happened in the past? Or, you know, do you go and you try and recreate sounds that might bring that energy up are there any things that you anything that you try to kind of tap into key moments from the past um i i would love to go on the anniversary of the battles but usually that's when it's most crowded so i tend to stay away from it then um but what i do try and do is i'll play music from that time period because you know they've been recorded since then and it's on YouTube or um, I will show a video, you know, on YouTube of cannons firing. And that's worked really well for me. It, it seems to stir it up somehow. 
I think, you know, music, things, and it can be anything, something that gives that little nod to that particular time period just seems to really enhance the energy and to build the energy. And I think energy is so crucial and important in helping to um, connect with, you know, the spirit that, you know, the spirits that are there or possibly there in that location. And I think it just, it can really help an investigation. Absolutely. Very much. So I love that you try that on the on the battlefield. I bet that's. I, I can just imagine, you know, with the sounds playing, just again, just how atmospheric that would be. Yeah, I've had really good results with it. Um, you know, I'm not one of those that will try and bully a spirit or you know irritate them. So I figured this is a good way to do it because you know they can resonate with it. And I think that's so important. You know. I think everybody has a duty to be respectful to the spirits, but also for the, you know, the people today, you know, the, you know, the relatives of these who may, who may be offended if, you know, there's something that happens that isn't respectful to their family history, you know, right. and, you know, I think that's really important, particularly for people maybe who are exploring, you know, maybe fresher um, locations where that history is certainly going to be within close living relatives, you know, time frame. Um, but right. even an extended period, I think, you know, we all have a responsibility to be respectful to the living and to the dead. You know, these were these were people's lives. These were important moments in history. And, you know, we can't undermine exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, I think that's absolutely crucial. Absolutely. You go with um, other particular pieces of equipment or things that you specifically like to use. You know, when you think of the kind of the arsenal that people often take with them when they're going on a ghost hunt, right? You have a favoured technique. Yes, it it really depends on the kind of location I'm investigating. For battlefields, it's a little more difficult than you know if I were to set up at a house or yeah or a museum or something because obviously it's a huge battlefield um and there's no plugs or anything so usually yeah, exactly. yeah it, it makes it very difficult because i i have everything under the sun you can think of for investigating um but like i said i'm limited when i'm on the battlefield it's usually a k2 or an emf reader um a camera sometimes i'll have the thermal imaging um a spirit box um some kind of voice recorder and those are really the only ones I bring with me out on the battlefields and you know sometimes I think people think you have to have all this really expensive equipment to do it but you really don't you know you can just go with a voice recorder you can just go with a camera and call out and you know see what you can pick up by taking photographs see what you pick up by calling out and then listening to recordings that you can take on your phone um so yeah that's it, it's I think it's an interesting kind of question to ask given that it, as you say it is outdoors um and so you can't necessarily set up in the same way that you might inside a fixed location um yeah so it's definitely something to kind of consider when you're when you're kind of going on a an exploration of a place where you don't have those same amenities right exactly and and that's one of the questions i get asked a lot what is the one piece of equipment if you you know couldn't have anything else and i always say my iphone because you know it has voice recorder it has video 
photography flashlight you know it, it has the most so if i can only have one thing that's what you that's all you need and you can really catch some stuff with it you'd be surprised yeah and you know i think everybody seems to think that as i say it has to be expensive equipment and you have to do it at the in night at the night time right. and you really don't you know those stereotypes stereotypes aren't necessarily true you can just go out in the daytime you can explore these locations in the daytime with mm -hmm. just your phone with just you know a camera and you know for anybody that is really interested in just trying to get into this that's where you can start you mm -hmm. know start by just going to somewhere that you enjoy um, and want to explore and to ask those questions and see what you pick up exactly yes there's yeah there's no need to go out and spend hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars and then you know you're like what am I doing all of this stuff you don't have to go at night yeah you might get better pictures from you know a flash because it's nighttime but the ghosts are there during the day too so you know it, it doesn't matter and it's probably better to start in the daytime to make sure you like it before you really get out there and get completely scared at night you know so do you have any you know plans going forward of investigations that you're really looking forward to going back to yeah I have a couple I just got back from Miami two days ago um that one was really cool and i want to go back it was a former world war ii naval base uh turned train museum that one was really active and i'm hoping to get back there again in the fall um i will be back in gettysburg in october um i will be in philadelphia pennsylvania in october for uh it's a fort it's called fort mifflin it saw action in world or no, not, not world war two, the revolutionary war and the civil war. So I will be there. Um, I will be back at Waverly Hills, which is not battle related, but it's definitely no, but, historical. <laughs> and still very interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it, it, you know, out of all the places I've investigated, that's one of my most favorite. Um, it's just so unique and, interesting but um yeah I have a lot I have a lot planned <laughs> sounds exciting I did listen to the um capture that you had on your Instagram account and that was a bit that was very good <laughs> yeah that was that was an interesting night very very agitated ghost <laughs> yes yeah and sometimes you know you, they don't happen often. I mean, that's the other expectation. I think people think that if you do this kind of thing, you get lots all of the time. You don't. Sometimes you go and it's very quiet. But yeah. when you do get it, it makes it all the more real and all the more special. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a very interesting capture that you got. Yes, so, yes. That was, that was fun. But, yes, you're right. You could go and say you went to Waverly Hills because everybody says Waverly Hills. It's the most haunted. And I could get a bunch of EVP, but someone can go in the next day and there's nothing you know you don't get anything and that's just the way it goes hunting goes <laughs> definitely so if you could take a pick from anywhere in the world of a location that you would love to explore outside of the US anywhere that would come to mind that you think oh I'd love to go and just experience that for the history or maybe the history and the paranormal yes I I have my passport ready and I'm hoping to come to the UK when everything, you know, is open back up and we can do that. Um, 
there, I, I know this is not a place you can investigate, but if I could investigate anywhere, I would love to go to the Tower of London. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, All the people but, that were held there, imprisoned there, tortured there, exactly. later executed. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history tied up in that one building. <laughs> yes, I would imagine that that's got a lot going on. Um, but I was told by a couple of people that um, I've talked to that they have a couple of castles that I might be able to check out. And that, that would just blow my mind. I, I want to go in a castle so bad. <laughs> so that would be so much. Castles fun. are my thing. So if you ever come, just let me know, because trust me, we have got castles everywhere, Wales, in England, in Scotland, and they're all very different and all very unique. And they're some of my favorite places to explore. Definitely. So, and I have one literally just down the road from me in one direction and another in another direction. And then another and a little bit further off in that direction. So they are literally everywhere. <laughs> wow. That to me, that is so amazing. That is, that is, you know, like the Holy Grail for me. And that I will definitely hold you to that because I will definitely come. And they're all different. So you have different types of castles as well, because you'll have, you know, Tudor castles, you'll have Norman castles and history tied up with them that, that goes go back so far. So, yeah. There's a lot that you can get out of them. You just have to be prepared for incredibly scary steps that um, if you're frightened of heights like I am, I mean, basically you have a mini heart attack every five minutes. <laughs> oh, I can they're, imagine. They're so deep and um, they usually spiral round because obviously the intention was that um, if there was a battle that came in and spilled into the castle, that if it was a spiral staircase, it would mean that battling and dueling would be made more difficult for the people coming up the steps than it was to defend if you were looking down based on where your sword would be in your hand to the kind of the, the position of the wall type thing so it was all done strategically but it it's incredibly claustrophobic and like I said these deep steps that you just feel like you're going to fall over the top and fall down oh. all the time so yeah, <laughs> a little bit scary but yeah some brilliant stuff so if you ever come over, just let me know and I'll point you into some good directions for places. And if I come to the States, then again, you can tell me some good spots for battlefields. Yes, and I, I have a list, so you don't worry there. <laughs> We'd both be good. Thank you yeah. so much for your time. Before you go, if anybody is interested in finding your books or coming and checking you out, um, where can they find you? I know you've got your website and Instagram. Where's a good place to have people come over and see more of what you're doing? Um, I am most active on Instagram and Facebook. I have a Hauntings Around America page. Um, my books are sold on Instagram and Facebook, but they're also on Amazon. So what we could do maybe is pop some of those links to your social media pages, your website, onto the, you know, the information that goes up with the episode so that people can click on them and head over to some of the things that you do. That might be a good way for them to find you and explore more of what it is that you're doing. Well, again, thank you so much for your time, Erin. It was an absolute delight to talk to you about all of this. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, we can then say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Bye. Thanks.
If you have liked this podcast, then there are a number of things that you can do. Come along and follow Haunted History Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The links are below in the description to this podcast. Share news of the podcast with friends, family who may be interested. You can also come along and join us on our new website, which has a plethora of other features including information on our episodes, guests and a blog which includes guest writers. You can support the podcast further by leaving us a review or taking a look at our Patreon page and in the process gain access to some extra goodies. Your support and encouragement is always invaluable. Thank you so very much, everyone.